Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Integrity Income Fund, which is managed by yours truly and my team at Labrador Lending. The Integrity Income Fund is for accredited investors. It aims to pay an 8% preferred return and an 8.5% preferred return for early investors. It aims to pay out monthly distributions. There's a $25,000 minimum and only a one-year lockup. If you are an accredited investor and you're looking to get away from Wall Street, uh, looking to beat inflation, and looking for an asset class that is backed by hard physical real estate, then look no further than the Integrity Income Fund. Check it out at labradorlending.com. Wow, this episode you're going to love. It's different than most of ours so far. Um, I sat down with Justin Rothlingshofer and got a chance to talk to him. Justin is the founder of Own It, um, a company that's focused on individual uh, wellness and uh, it, it, more than that, but I won't do it any justice. So you'll have to have to listen to, for his uh, definition of what their company does. But Justin was working with NHL players um, and working for several different NHL teams and was, I guess, sick and tired of of the way that players were being treated like commodities and becoming addicted to drugs and things like that. And so he stood up for what was right and was fired from his, from his job. And um, in uh, 2019, 2020 started his new venture. There's a whole 30 for 30 for 30 episode about the, uh, about this story. So you can check that out as well. But I, J Justin, this episode is phenomenal. There's so many takeaways and unfortunately <laughs> I'm not going to be able to cover them all here in this intro, but his passion for solving people's health problems and getting people to tie into their their own purpose and their um, inner and outer energy, so to speak, um, and just live life with purpose so that those people that he affects can then serve others. Um, it's a fascinating, fascinating conversation we have. Definitely stick around till the end. He shares... Um, two key pieces of information at the very end that are phenomenal takeaways, very tactical. I highly recommend that you listen to this episode. Please like and subscribe our, our podcast. It, please share it with your friends. This really means a lot if, uh, 
if you can give us some support here. And um, I also recommend you reach out to Justin and check out his his uh, company, ownitcoaching.com is where you can find them. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have on a special guest with us, Justin Rothlingshofer. Justin, how are you doing? Outstanding, Jamie. How are you? I'm okay, depending on how I did with your last name. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> right on point. You know what? I always, if there's, uh, as long as somebody gives it a go and takes a whirl at it, it's always outstanding. You nailed it. So, <laughs> perfect. You, uh, give me props for leaning in. Awesome. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I guess we can log off then. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. It's a wrap. <laughs> so, all kidding aside, I am super pumped to have you on the show. I'm I'm really excited. I'm glad you uh, took some time for us today. So for a little bit of context for the audience, I uh, got to meet you at a uh, mastermind event in Scottsdale where you came and spoke to our group. And um, I was not ready for the uh, impact that it would uh, that, that you would make and um, in, in a positive way. So um, yeah. For the audience out there, who are you and what are you up to today? Yeah, so I always start with, my name is Justin Rothenschofer, and I'm an uh, energetic leader who empowers and enables the uh, optimization of our earthly vessels to realize our God-given purpose. And in, explore, in, in exploring that deeper, uh, each and every single one of us has a calling. Each and every one of us has something that we are meant to be world-class at, and the only way in which we're able to bring that to fruition, the only way that we're able to make that happen in this world is through our bodies that we know only exist for a certain period of time while that we are here on this earth. And by being able to optimize them, by being able to lean into what we need, um, ultimately allows us to realize, real, realize that purpose and the potential that exists there um, and fully exhaust that. And so that is that is my mission uh, that's our company's mission um, and something that we've been leaning into as a company for uh, for about two years, um, but something that uh, that I've been doing um, with some of the best athletes in the world uh, for the last 15. Got it. And I think I failed to mention your company, which is Own It. Um, and you are the founder, uh, the CEO as well? No, that's that's somebody who's far more business inclined than I am. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so I, own I, it. I have the um, I have the best job in the world because I get to go and uh, and, and speak on it and yeah. uh, uh, and and really lean in and um, be the evangelist, whereas uh, somebody else gets to deal with all the business stuff. <laughs> 
they have to do the work. Got it. So, um, what is just briefly before we jump into your backstory? What is what is Own It, and what services do you provide? Yeah. So with Own It, what we've been uh, what we've been able to do is uh, look at true health optimization. And I always ask people if I could interview your body, and it could tell me exactly what it needed, and we could ultimately then provide it for it, so it could serve you in the best way possible. Would that be of interest? And people are always like, "Well, yeah. How do you do that? Is that like?" <laughs> right. is- possible? And the answer is yes. And the uniqueness about this is that our bodies are all different. Each and every single one of us has uh, a different cellular makeup, a different genetic uh, makeup, a different... uh, uh, it's, It's had to adapt to things thus far in our life differently because of what we've exposed it to, thus having different cellular dysfunctions, different um, uh, adjustments and adaptations that are ultimately holding us back from realizing the potential that we exist there. And so for us in our company, what we do is we do uh, cellular DNA and epigenetic testing, looking at uh, different biomarkers and then hormone panels and taking each individual and identifying their path as to what restoration looks like for them. And we create a team around that person. So that team might be a uh, nutritionist and an epidemiologist. That might, that person might be a mindset specialist and a strength and conditioning coach, all of which can now get really personalized on their journey so that they can take the steps necessary to realize those changes um, and to identify the tools that need to come into play. So some people might go with ozone therapy. Some people might get IV therapy. Some people might um, have uh, certain customized supplementation protocols. Others might have uh, different um, red light and exercise modalities that we put into place. Some of them might have all of the above. And so we slowly work somebody into what those what that journey is, but you have a team of people around you to hold your hand on that journey and so it doesn't become overwhelming um, because we know that not all tools are great for all people all the time. And there's a certain season, a certain stage, a certain cycle that we go through where it actually will get will help us in a, in a in a in a large way. But there's a base foundation of habits, a base foundation of principles um, from the food we eat to the way we hydrate to the way we sleep to the way we supplement to the way uh, to the environment in which we live in that impacts us at the cellular level. And so there's so many companies out there just hawking um, tool after tool after process after protocol mm-hmm. that really has nothing to do with what we need. Mm-hmm. But because it's sexy, because it's new, it's flashy, it's the new toy, mm-hmm. we all of a sudden bite on it, but it's not actually getting to the root cause of what's going on. And that's what we are all about is mm-hmm. making sure that we can get foundationally down to the base cause of what's happening with each one of our clients so that we can create behavior change to create optimized lives. Got it. Yeah, there's a whole lot to unpack there and and um I, I like I said I was I was uh totally moved by your uh presentation. Like I said it was it like I told you before it was more than just a presentation but at our at our mastermind event and and it's very obvious in just being exposed to you that um for even a few minutes that there's more to this than just uh here's some uh you know here's some 
DNA test and uh, and then here's a one size fits all program for you. It's it's obvious that you bring a certain level of passion and kind of big picture perspective um, to the how of uh, the tying this in, you know, and tying the how into each each client that you work with. I was extremely moved and and just it, it's you, you can tell that you're just uh, you bring a, a level of passion and energy and effort and and um, meaning and purpose to what you do. So I'm excited to dive in here. So. As you know, from adversity to abundance um, is is the name of the podcast. The whole point of the show is to inspire people and to encourage people and um, draw out some lessons that you've learned, Justin, through some adversity that you've been through, and hopefully take away something tactical for the listener um, from your story that they can apply. And because uh, we all know that everyone has some adversity that they go through, it looks different for just like your your programs for for everyone look different for each each individual. Everyone's story is different with regard to adversity and abundance. And we don't pretend that we snap our fingers and all of a sudden we're magically in abundance and we have no no more problems. But you can take ownership. Um, uh, you know, that was a softball for you. Uh, own it. <laughs> you can take ownership of your life and, and your problems and deal with them head on and and um, get to a level of uh, abundance that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten to. So um, again, geared towards entrepreneurs and investors, but let's dive into your backstory and uh, talk about some of the adversity that you've been through. Where would you like to start off? Yeah, so I think for me, I always start with with my story. When I was 12 years old, I was playing with 16, 17-year-olds. I was born in Canada, hockey player. Um, so obviously, I was playing with guys that were much older than I was. And uh, as, I, as I went into that first year playing with kids that were four or five years older than me, um, it was the first time that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't stand out as much as I usually do. And my dad said to me, he said, talent will get you noticed, but consistency will get you paid. And for me, that started this like, oh, wow, that's really cool. How do I become the most consistent version of myself? How do I, how do I get into that? And so I took everything that I could control, my sleep, my eating, my training, all of these components. And I was, I was the kid 13, 14 years old, reading medical journals, reading um, every study that I could get my hands on in relation to those things. I knew the glycemic index inside and out. I knew um, my resting heart rate every single night because I wore a heart rate monitor to sleep. I wrote a, wore, um, a brainwave monitor to uh, understand my uh, brainwaves and the, uh, the delta, theta, beta waves that I was getting into at night. I knew uh, my blood ox uh, or had a uh, pulse oximeter on so I could knew my blood oxygen levels, all of these things that ultimately drove me to understand how I could optimize performance and how I showed up day in and day out. And that led to my educational career, led to my playing career, came down to the U.S. on a hockey scholarship, uh, got an undergraduate degree um, in exercise science and then in nutrition. From there, it led to my master's degree um, and then into my uh, postgraduate research in uh, heart rate variability, sleep, and recovery science. And in doing that, it was something that I knew that I had to lean into. It was something that I knew I wanted that to be like my um, focus point in, in, in my career. The unique point was we started to be able to realize that we could predict what was going on 
inside our body. So there was a professor I started to work with, um, uh, and a lot of doctors that I started to get around, especially my postgraduate research, that started to look at biomarkers, blood markers, epigenetics, um, uh, genetic slicing, that we could actually take a look at things that were happening in our bodies, things that were being passed down through generation through generation, and our genes could actually predict certain things that we would ultimately experience in our life. For example, there is a gene that if we have that mutation, MTHFR, we can't actually absorb anything uh, or we can't actually absorb folate and can't utilize it in the correct way. And if we take in too much raw folate and we can't actually process it, it's going to show up in a homocysteine toxic level, which can be, again, show up in, in extreme fatigue, show up in chronic headaches, show up in... Um, mood and uh, disorders of, and all of these types of things. And so we start to think about this. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh my goodness, this is this is crazy. Yeah. And because what? a lot of people have this genetic mutation, we now take a look at what we feed our kids. If you start to look at, and you can go and look at like your, your cereals, they're all mm-hmm. fortified with folate. Mm-hmm. Now, if they all have a genetic mutation, they're going to have these toxic levels of um, homocysteine running around in their body because we're constantly mm-hmm. plugging, not just with sugary cereals, but also with this uh, folate fortified cereal that now is creating this ADHD type of feeling. And now you're pumping them full of ADHD medication and you're now giving right. them something that they actually don't have simply because they just had a genetic mutation to start with. And so <laughs> these are the types wow. of things that we can start to predict. Another one that we can start to get after and start to look at. And this is kind of, this comes back to um, my story a little bit here mm-hmm. is there's another genetic mutation, um, uh, AHCY, that if you are positive for this, it has a propensity propensity for addiction goes up by 400 times. And so mm-hmm. for a lot of people who are perfectionists or a lot of people who um, have this, this genetic mutation, they become heavily addicted to things. And addiction is not something, and for me, I'm happy to sit here on this podcast and say, I'm an addict. I, I was addicted to education. I was addicted mm-hmm. to hockey. I was mm-hmm. addicted to work. Yeah. A lot of people can probably understand that. And so sure. it just shifts, right? Yeah. Because the reason that your uh, proponency for um, addiction goes up by 400 times is simply because you don't produce dopamine at the same level that somebody else that doesn't have that genetic mutation does. Mm. And so the only way that you get this hit and the way that you feel normal again is by doing something that releases that stimulus. So it could be video games. It could be um, uh, racing cars. It could be um, jumping out of airplanes. Like That is the addictive gene that comes into play. So going into my story... Yeah, so just curious, what, what, when was this approximately that you were kind of discovering all this that you this, could predict? Was, I was 24 years old. Okay. 24 was really when I started to take everything that I had learned through my... Uh, I had retired um, at this point um, from hockey, was deep into yeah. uh, the coaching component, and had taken everything from my education, taken everything from my master's degree, taken everything from the research I'd done on myself, taken everything from my coaching in my graduateship. I had put to work at the University of Louisville, um, went deep um, in the NCAA tournament, really applying a lot of these tools and tactics from HRV, mm-hmm. recovery modalities, uh, looking at blood work. And now we're getting into the genetic mutations. Gotcha. The reason, reason I asked, sorry, real quick, is that... Uh, 
I I actually did study uh, kinesiology and and was pretty into fitness, you know, believe it or not. <laughs> and was was an athlete myself, and and it's amazing to me. You know, certainly some of the fundamentals are obviously still there. Nothing, uh, the principles don't change, but it's amazing to me the advancements that have been made uh, oh, since I was twenty four. Put it that way. And, and the funny thing is, is even as I was looking at this, and I was doing like, remember, I'm doing almost like my own education outside of the education that I was getting. Right, right, right. Sure. And the funny thing was, is I almost started started to feel like class and the education was like. I don't want to say a waste of time, but it was almost like so basic. I was like, this doesn't make sense with what we're actually seeing in real life. It doesn't make sense with what I'm experiencing with the people I'm working with, with the athletes I'm working with, the clients I'm working with, Mm -hmm. with the research I'm doing. Like, it doesn't make sense. And why are we just addressing everything with pills and anatomy rather than real solutions at the cellular level, which is where everything happens? And I couldn't wrap my hand around it. And so as um, as I went uh, and started to continue this work, started to realize that um, you could start to predict what was going on. And so now this is, let's fast forward um, seven years. And I'm now in... Um, I'm now in the NHL. Um, I'm working with my third NHL club. And at this point, I've taken... 10 guys uh to uh to rehab for uh opiate and uh hmm. alcohol addiction wow so not not uh rehabbing your your ankle from a spray no, no, no. this is drug addiction this is like wow. real this is real life altering things wow um and deep down inside i'm like there's something that needs to be changed and hmm. i started a camp for nhl guys down in florida and we would go through exactly what really the only protocol is now, where we do DNA, epigenetic, cellular micronutrient testing, gut biome paneling, understand really what's going on inside each player, and then give personalized solutions from custom supplementation formulas to different nutritional needs to different um, custom meal plan supplementation, all of these things that we can do to help optimize recovery and mm-hmm. really kind of lean into um, new pain management for some of these guys that are coming out of surgeries, coming out of um, uh, sports injury rehab, not the rehab I was talking about. Right. right. Um, and then how do we increase recovery tendencies? And guys loved it. It grew from seven players when I started to mm-hmm. 67 um, in the span of three years. And at this point, and you were still te- you were still working for the NHL? I was still, I was still working with an NHL team at this point. Gotcha. I ended up going back and as we were starting to meet and I learned more and more that um, the traditional formula was, hey, let's get guys on, you come out of hip surgery, come out of shoulder surgery, ankle surgery, arm surgery, whatever, we're going to put you on pain pills. Well, let's back up to what I said earlier. When you have a genetic mutation for HCY, you're propensity for addiction goes up 400 times. Would you ever take a known alcoholic Mm -hmm. and force them to drink a beer? Of course not. But if we know that we have these guys who 
let's go back to this. What did I say? Addiction shows up in a multitude of different ways. And when we ran all these genetic tests over these a smaller, smaller number, but 70 guys over three years, mm-hmm. 87% have that genetic predisposition. Why can you assume that? Even that's probably higher in every professional sport because you had to get so good at something sure. that you had to continue to focus and focus and focus. It's just yeah. like a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of executives and a lot of very yeah. successful people also have that genetic predisposition. Yeah. And so if all of a sudden you take that same person and you all of a sudden give them a pill, a pain pill that is highly addictive, what do you think the possible outcome becomes? That's, that's, I mean, it's terrible. It's written on the wall in some of these ways. Right. And for me, I could no longer stand by by it. And so I tried to create change. And anytime you try to change um, something of great depth, um, it is met with resistance and, sure. uh, and in, uh, in 19 or in 2019, 2020, um, mm-hmm. I ended up getting fired. Um, I still get, I still remember I got brought into a room. They said, are you in our team? Or are you on theirs? Um, I said, I thought we're on the same team, like not having to pick mm-hmm. sides. So, and, so this, uh, just to be clear, this is the, are you on the management slash ownership team or the players team? Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. And I always, always, thought I was on the players team. That, that right. was who I was for. That was who I was operating for. Right. And uh and so that but was you didn't know there were two teams. I mean you thought they were right. all the same exactly. team. So, and so, so that was the day so that was the last day that I um spent in the National Hockey League. Wow. And um I ended up obviously getting fired. Um laid down my NHL career to go and take a stand for what I knew was right and that there was something else that needed to be done of uh, looking deeper into how can we help not only these players and these athletes, but people in general Mm -hmm. and get more purposeful, specific, and focused on Mm -hmm. how can we create real change in somebody? Because all of a sudden, if you're having... If you're foggy brained, if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're having uh, gut issues, if you're having aches and pains, if you're having um, chronic headaches and fatigue, those aren't natural. Those are not just a sign of aging. If I'm, I'm on podcast here, I'm doing air. Those are not just <laughs> yeah. a sign of aging. That's yeah. not just what 55 feels like. That's just not what 45 feels like. like that's what we've been made to believe. Mm-hmm. It's what I call the health, the fake health continuum. On the yep. far left side, we've got death and sickness. On the far right side, we've got true health optimization. And in the middle, we've got this large gray area of fake health that's disease-free. We don't yet have disease that we have to get treated for something, but we're full of symptoms. Hmm. And we are told that that's okay, that we just have to now handle those and keep operating. But what's actually happening is at the cellular level, our body is continually trying to make up for all the dysfunction that's happening, all of the dissociation that's happening, all of the malnutrition, all of the cellular mutation that's happening to continue to steal from Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. And our body is falling apart at the core. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking that that's normal. And and 95% of us don't know what it feels like to feel great. We just know what it feels like to feel like ourselves. And so what we are striving to do is to make that fake health continuum smaller and shift it further to the left, closer to that disease and sickness and open up 
that right side of the spectrum, which is true health optimization and make it more applicable, more accessible and more mm-hmm. personalized to every single person out there so that they can ultimately make sense and make very simple out of this very complex issue. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I think, I mean, everything you said, I agree with 100%. It's just... Yeah, we, we've we whether it's intentional or not, we've all accepted. Most of us have accepted the fact that I have these aches and pains, and I, I'm you know not sleeping well because I am getting older, and such is life. So, just kind of you know bury uh, bury your head in the sand and just make the most of it and drive on. But um, yeah, it was just uh, we just my my wife and kids. We just came back from a long weekend in West Virginia, and we uh, stopped at this little town in West Virginia. Nothing against this little town in West Virginia, but I saw, man, so many people get out of their truck and walk into the 7-Eleven. And I say walk and I should be using air quotes because it's like, I mean, just it, you would have, they, they can barely function. And, and, and no one's, (laughs) I thought it was odd because it's just like, how is this normal? I mean, it's just, but that's what we've accepted. And that's what we, you know, that's, that's kind of the norm. Um, But curious, because I, I know you 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 are super passionate about you know, you know helping people, but I want to dive in slightly more on kind of why was there such resistance from the league or from the the team? Um, and in other words, what what were you doing that was viewed as a, a threat? So number one, and the, there was a whole documentary that came out on this after it was a thirty for thirty through ESPN, um, yeah. and. At the end of the day, I think the big thing that was there was one, the medical board or the medical team that was running it um, comes typically from a sponsored medical board, right? Comes from a medical team. So you've got, um, uh, say, Boston Health as the official uh, hospital of the Boston Bruins, or you've got the um, uh, you've got uh, Nationwide Medical as uh, the health sponsor of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so you keep going down these these lines or down these, um, you keep tracing the money trail and, the, and mm-hmm. the teams actually work and the doctors actually work for the medical board that's there. And so they, they don't know any better and it just becomes this, um, it's this big conglomerate that they've got mm-hmm. these systems that they're kind of working off of mm-hmm. and there's a money trail somewhere and it's not the best interest of the player to find the real solution. Just like in our medical for anybody, it's not yeah. in the best interest of the pharmaceutical companies, the government right. or anybody to keep us well and healthy because there's no, there's no money in that. There's no, um, sure. there's, it, it stops the cycle of, of, of money in that way. And if you really get, you want to get like really deep into these things, you start mm-hmm. to look at even the way that our food is created. Um, mm-hmm. the number of companies that, um, that are operating and, um, and control it, there's really two. And I mean, Monsanto is a big one that controls everything that goes on. So when you think about like, we have to actually label non-GMO food, like shouldn't everything be non-GMO? We have to have like an organic section of the fruit mm. section. What, so if this is organic, what's the other one? Like, <laughs> like, 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 let's just think of that mind mm-hmm. concept for a second. If we right. have to label food as like high quality food <laughs> in the grocery store, then what's all the other stuff? 
And, sure. and, and so it, it, it comes to that same concept is mm-hmm. I was a guy who was seen as a performance director of a team. I'm not an MD. I'm not a surgeon. I'm yeah. not the guy performing this. I'm 26, 27 years right. old. Some so, some young kid who doesn't know anything. And so, <laughs> these, and these were the, um, that was kind of what was, mm-hmm. what was put in place. And I was just willing to stand my ground, take mm-hmm. my licks, and um, firmly believed in what my knowledge was, what my research was, what my study was, what my education was, what my experience was, and right. uh, was just willing to put my job on the line and my yeah. reputation because I was not willing to be okay with the status quo. I could I, I could not understand how anybody could be okay mm-hmm. making somebody sick, mm-hmm. yeah. putting them into that type of situation and saying, oh no, we're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. And for me being able to put my head on my pillow at night saying, hey, that is not the best way to do this. We can challenge the status quo. Right. I'm not about being right. I'm about finding the best solution. And just in this scenario, my solution yeah. happened to be better than what we were doing and gotcha. uh, and was willing to put that down there. It's like anything, like here's the other thing that, and I kind of go back to how I started is if we could interview your body and your body, tell us exactly what it needed and you'd be able to feel great and function at a high level. Wouldn't that be interesting? Well, I know your audience is a lot of real estate people, a lot of investors, a lot of entrepreneurs. Right. I ever said to you, Hey, Jamie, I've got this amazing investment deal for you. Amazing. It's incredible. It's going to give you a great return. It's going to yield something incredible. And you're right. like, oh, but, but and, I, and I said, I just need a million bucks. And you're like, okay, cool, Justin. Can you give me some of the, like the numbers on it? I don't have any, but like, just trust me. Just like, just like <laughs> put a million bucks in and I promise you it'll be great. Right. You'd look at me like I had three eyes. Right. And sure. then if I said, so, so that's the investment side. Then right. if I said, hey, Jamie, uh, here, here's all the information. Here's all the data, everything that you could ever want on multifamily. This is, this is exactly like we're in Nashville, Tennessee. Here's everything that you could ever want to know on the market and what's happening. Yeah. Great. Amazing. You can now make a really educated decision on what you're doing. Sure. But then, and, and this is like, say you get tested once, but now you never do it ever again. And I come back to you a year from now and I say, Hey, Jamie, Here's, here's a multifamily property home, but you haven't looked at multifamily info in a year. And I'm like, do you want in or not? And you're like, well, can you give me some information? No, I don't have any. You can only go off of what you had last year. That makes no sense either. <laughs> right. And then you come to the next one, the entrepreneur, and you're like, hey, I know we're running Facebook ads. We had eight that we tested. We're just going to take a million bucks and we're going to split it up amongst all eight again. Why would you not look at the data? We never run our businesses this way. We never run our investments this way. We never run our real estate this way. So why do we run our bodies without having information on what it is that we need so that we can get the best possible outcomes? Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is just a quick anecdote, but probably 10, 12 years ago, I was having a lot of back pain and actually it seems to be returning, but, um, go into i finally resisted i actually tried acupuncture tried a lot of different things and then finally um stopped resisting and i went into the you know the medical experts and um i got a lot of different opinions and i don't think they were all 
I don't necessarily believe it's this huge conspiracy. I think sometimes it's just a lack of education or, you know, but that's a whole separate discussion. Um, but essentially, I was just given um, a prescription for tramadol and um, told that I'll never lift anything heavy again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never move a couch for a friend or anything. I was 35. I'm 46 now. And I was in decent shape, you know, but so I was it kind of, you know, it was kind of, it was depressing to hear that because what, what kind of future is that? Right. And, um, there's a lot more to that, to that story. We can talk offline, but, (laughs) um, I'm sure you're not surprised by any of that, but I was pretty, pretty shocked that it was just because the more you research tramadol, they claim it's not a, um, you know, it's, it's a pseudo, uh, narcotic, I guess. It's pretty addictive from if you read forums and things, it's um anything it, that changes your anything that changes the way that you feel, yeah, is going to have an addictive capability to it. Yeah. Anything that changes your normal day-to-day state is going to be so, so you'll you'll like this though. Guess what I believe fixed fixed my back. Deadlifts. <laughs> I, I eventually went back to CrossFit or you know and started doing some first light deadlifts and then it started increasing it and got back into, you know, throwing some weights around, quote unquote, felt so much better, so much better. And and that didn't fully solve everything, but it was, I mean, it was just a shock to me that, that our medical system would, you know, just here's your prescription. And, and after a couple, you know, x-rays and one MRI and that, that's, that's the extent of the testing. Um, thankfully I did have one surgeon say that, Hey, I, he said, I make my money doing surgery. You don't need surgery. Come back to me in five or 10 years. You know, maybe you'll need surgery at that point. So I'm glad I didn't go down, down that road. But so back to your story. So the, so the, the team and the league saw you, and this is, these are my words, but as a, as a threat to kind of the, uh, the regime or the, the money-making um, system. Is that fair to say? I don't even know if it was that. It was that I think it, it came as it was something different. It came it was gotcha. different. It, they didn't want to change. They um, they they didn't understand it and saw it as a threat. And, it. Um, and at that point, it was something that they didn't want to learn about. They didn't want to educate themselves about. They didn't want to yep. lean in. It's just easier to hey yeah. get rid of the get rid of the right. guy trying to create yeah. something new. Get rid of the guy yeah. that's that's not towing the rope. Right. Uh, pull it in the same direction as us, and, um, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to believe that on the, for the most part, they. This isn't. Good, I'm not defending this, but I'd like to believe that it was just easier to deal with the players the way they did, uh, um, you know, as more as commodities, frankly, as a as opposed to intentionally trying to get each player addicted or yeah, something like de- that. There's definitely not an intention there. Um, yeah. By yeah. any means, it's it's definitely the former, where it's just sure. hey, this guy's doing something. We don't understand it. We don't know what's yeah. going on. Um, we have, and let's face it, at, at a professional sports level, there's no um, uh, there's no loyalty to anybody, player, coach. Mm-hmm. Doesn't right. matter who you are. So if you're not pulling the rope in the same direction, and you're not um, willing to learn educate, um, yeah. be exposed to new things, continue to evolve and create iteration on what you're doing. The guy that is trying to do that is going to get punted 
really fast. And that's sure. pretty much and that's pretty much what, what happened. happened to you. Got it. So this was 2019, 2020. Um, what was going through your mind, you know, the day you got fired? Like anything, you're you're like, I've held my ground. I was extremely proud of of myself for that. Um, standing mm-hmm. up for those men and um, and, and by taking ownership of, of what I stood for and what I believed in and what I knew was right. Mm-hmm. Um, but very quickly at the same time, um, that feeling of, uh, being truly rooted in what I was doing became like, oh shit, like that was my career. Um, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I've blackballed myself a little bit because um, no other team's going to touch you. Um, uh, although a couple months later, I had two mm-hmm. teams reach out and want me to kind of come in and do uh, work with them. And um, but but my dream of what I wanted to do for so long and my identity was tied to the NHL. My identity was tied to um, that level of status, and yeah. for me, it was having to reframe my mindset and reframe the way I thought about myself because even though I did no longer have the NHL mm-hmm. I still had everything else I still had all my education I still had all my knowledge I still had all my understanding I still had all my problem solving skills I still had all, I still had everything just mm-hmm. no NHL tag on my name anymore mm-hmm. and yeah. that was not um and, and at the time that was something that I uh, I was fearful of that was something that kind of held me back a little bit and it sure. uh it wasn't until um, I started to speak with other entrepreneurs. It wasn't until I started to really do some deep work um, with my wife and really work through a lot of this that I was able to kind of put the stepping stones in place for mm-hmm. what Own It became. Mm-hmm. And um, it was about six months after um, I got fired that. Uh, the true idea for what own it was um, kind of came to fruition and mm-hmm. um, got uh, got put on paper. And mm-hmm. then it was about starting to work through it and step through it and step into it in a powerful way so that it was something that could be a, a real business and, mm-hmm. and be something that really had the impact uh, on people in, in a quality way. And it, um, uh, it, it's it's like it's exciting because you're creating something out of nothing, um, right. and doing something that nobody else had done. And so, whenever I was telling the idea to people, and, and I often say this: if people aren't t- telling you that you're crazy, if people aren't telling you that it can't be done, if people aren't doubting you, you're not thinking big enough. Hmm. Yeah, and I love that. That was really what I what I had all the time was to be like. There's no way you can create a personalized model out of this. There's no way that you can do something different for each person. There's no way that you can uh, that, that you can um, recreate the healthcare system. And that was something that it, 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 this makes so much sense to me of how we operate and own it that anything outside of it is like, why would you even partake in this? Why, why does this even exist? Why is this even a thing? Right. It doesn't make sense to me that yeah. all of a sudden you can go and get a series of 
juices and do a juice cleanse. It doesn't make any sense to me that you can go and buy a red light bed and have a protocol that's supposed to cure everything. It doesn't make any sense to me that you can go and take a gut biome test and get supplementation for the year. It doesn't make any sense to me that you can do a finger prick test and somebody tell you every single thing that you are um, allergic to and um, uh, and what you should be eating. Because our bodies just don't work that way. They're continually mm-hmm. ever-changing. They're mm-hmm. continually adapting to what's in front of us. And so mm-hmm. if that's not something that's continually kept up, it's just like that guy who went and looked at the multifamily homes Right in December of 2020, mm-hmm. yeah. and now in December of 2021, was told to go buy something with no, um, right. with no understanding no of what the market's doing. Sure. And so it's like the way that we do it. If we actually get intentional, if we actually become aware, and we start asking questions, we're like, yeah, like this makes no sense. This makes absolutely negative sense. Perfect example is we were working with a client the other day. And um, suffering from aches and pains, aches in the shoulders, knees, ankles, wrists, um, would wake up with low back pain all the time, chronic uh, fatigue, especially midday. Wait, and, have you been spying uh, on me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, the, the client um, had gone to the doctor a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, had given them a uh, prescription for um, like, uh, arthritis. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you start to take arthritis medication, mm-hmm. it actually starts to activate and create, um, either, uh, osteoporosis and mm-hmm. it starts to make that happen a lot quicker mm-hmm. because, uh, because of what if it's doing and what it's shunting and to eliminate some of the inflammation that's happening in the joints. Well, when we actually started running tests, we figured out from a couple genetic predispositions, as well as what he was showing in cellular nutritional dysfunction, so he had chronic vitamin D deficiency. And if you actually start going down the scale mm-hmm. of what shows up in an individual, vitamin D and vitamin D3 is the most important micronutrient in the body. And a lot of us can't actually break it down into a usable form. And so we're chronically vitamin D deficient, even if we are out in the sunlight and we're getting, mm. we're taking a vitamin D3 supplement. Mm-hmm. So this guy was given a prescription drug that he didn't need that was going to lead him to something that he didn't have to suffer from, which was osteoporosis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if the intervention had not happened. And right. then what would have happened is he would have had to be treated for osteoporosis, right. which would have led to premature and early death. Mm-hmm. He would have so died. We would have died years before he had to, simply because of what happened. Take a look. If somebody is out there, I would love you to take a look. What is the third highest cause of death in America? What do you think? Um, I, I would. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I would say heart heart disease is up there, cancer. Um, not sure what is. I it? hope everybody is sitting down for this. The third highest cause of death in the United States of America is medical error. Seriously, 
Medical error. Look it up on Google right now. Third highest, <laughs> third really? highest wow. cause of death in the United States is medical error. That's that's mind blowing. <laughs> I don't know any other industry. Yeah, that you could be wrong, and quite frankly, like could you could you go and and, and be a roofer and have one of three homes? <laughs> The roof fall in and be like, oh, right. shoot, yeah. and keep getting hired? No, sure. not a chance. Right. The third highest cause wow. of death in America is medical error. And so when we come and take a look at this in this exact example I just gave you, yeah. this guy was a 37-year-old man. Wow. And would have taken him down this road, probably would have taken 20 years, 25 years, but never would we have ever gone back to, oh, do you remember when sure. you took that medication for... Um, so what's the, the uh, without without spilling the you know secret sauce, if you will? So what's the what was the solution, or what's is there an answer for him? Oh yeah, it's, it's simple. A cure, I don't say cure. We solved the problem in about six weeks, and it was just about being able to utilize a methylated form of vitamin D three contained <laughs> with um, another methylated form of calcium that increases the upregulation and uptake. Uh, of that vitamin D to make sure that it's utilized in the in uh, in the body. That simple is being able to understand what you have to put into your body and when and how and the formulation of what uh, and hmm. the formulation and combination of when it happens. It's it really comes down to it being it that simple. Wow! Is when we can start to take a look at the compounds that you need because anything we put into our body, food, supplementation, water. It doesn't go in in a usable form. We can't take in a steak. Yeah, we have to break it down, right? Exactly. We can't take yep. in a steak and it immediately be utilized as fuel. It needs to be broken down into different peptide form, amino acids, protein, right. um, uh, enzymes that can ultimately be used into something else. Uh, same thing with um, uh, vitamin C. It needs to be broken down into ascorbic acid so that it can be utilized in a in a, an appropriate way. All of mm -hmm. these things that go into our body, they have to be broken down into a usable form. And so if we don't have the enzyme to break it down, if we don't have the uh, cofactor in order to absorb it, mm -hmm. it's just a waste yeah. product. And we're continually going through this journey that doesn't allow us to truly have the body function the way that it should. And it's not out of a fault of our own. It's just right. that we don't realize yeah. what our body needs. But if we were able to interview it, if we were able to ask it, <laughs> we would know. Wow. Yeah. So I, I can tell you, you essentially, <laughs> you must see everyone as like a, a zombie and, and they don't even know that they're walking around like a zombie. That, that <laughs> But you, you see a solution and I can tell it's frustrating, but inspiring at the same time for you because you are able to help people. So briefly walk us through what was it like to from a business standpoint and then i want to ask about maybe another case study um just you know because i know you had several good very good case studies um when i met you um but from when you started just from a business standpoint i know you're not the kind of the business guy per se but but what has that been like from not from an individual health perspective but just from from a business standpoint for the entrepreneurs out there what's what's your journey been like over the last 3 years so I would say a lot of the journey um, has come down to mission and movement over business. 
And what I mean by that is this, is so often, uh, and, I, and I firmly, firmly believe this, is so often we try to talk about like spreadsheets, P&Ls, and like how do we create profitability? That will all happen mm-hmm. when you're on mission and truly solving a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it, and again, we were completely self-funded. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I put this together um, mm-hmm. simply off of the idea and the concept and had people trust us and come in to continue to allow us to help us build. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been amazing in being able to understand how do we scale our team, how do we build our team so that we maintain profitability, we maintain cash flow, we maintain um, mm-hmm. our ability to impact. Um, but at the same time, we were always focused on the movement and what, what it and the mission in which we were doing and being mm-hmm. steadfast to that, making sure that we didn't deviate from that, making sure that we didn't have any uh, change of direction that um that was that was money driven but rather stayed steadfast to the movement mm-hmm. and to the mission got it uh, and that was and that was extremely uh yeah important for us the other was um truly trusting what we were doing um and uh we're firmly rooted in our faith and having mm-hmm. Um, a strong, a strong trust that like where God was calling us to go and what we were called, what we were being called to do, um, yeah. was something that was going to be, um, uh, withheld and mm-hmm. supported because his hand was all over it. So making sure that there was trust over clarity sometimes and just mm-hmm. knowing, Hey, this is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I was firmly rooted in that decision to, stand up and say, Hey, you know, I'm not participating in this and foregoing mm-hmm. my career. Um, it was trust over clarity at that point and trust yeah. over clarity has gotten us through business as well. Mm, that's really good. Um, yeah, I'm clearly your, because people have this debate of um, how to be successful, right? And, you know, some people say, Oh, I got to focus on being happy, do what you love, and then you're never going to uh, work a day in your life kind of thing. That's fine. Uh, and that's that's good, <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's a whole you know the way the world works is it's really all about solving problems and adding value, yeah. and that's what's right now coming to me as far as uh, front and center from this episode is if you if we did a Venn diagram about what you are passionate about and what and solving very real problems for people I mean there's a huge crossover there. Um, so I just love the fact that you've taken this, you've very intentionally taken this, um, from a perspective of solving problems and helping people. So it's not all about Justin, you know, it's about adding value to everyone out there really. Um, but it's also something that you obviously are inter- have, a, have a passion for and you're interested in from a personal standpoint. So I, I, I would think success is only going to, only going to follow for sure. There's something I want to add even to that, Jamie, is because for each and every person out there, there's there's something that I like to call like your inner discontent, this like spiritual claustrophobia. There's something that every day just frustrates you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, obviously, it's the way that we treat our bodies. <laughs> right. The, the potential that exists there. Right. I know that that inner discontent in me, it's been there for a long time. It's been there for probably 20 years. And I didn't have a solution to it. I didn't have the solution to it right away. Mm-hmm. But I continued to lean into that. I continued to say, hey, you know what? There's something there. And there was iterations in my story. 
Part mm-hmm. of my iterations was through schooling. Part of my iterations was on my experimenting on myself. Part of my iterations was through my experience in sports. Part of my iterations was in getting fired. All of these things were iterations of what I was doing. Today, it just looked different in a different arena, in a different place, doing a different thing. But it was always steadfast on that inner discontent that existed there. And that inner discontent is that key that you are ultimately going to get to open somebody else's door and your calling is somebody else's miracle. You have to be held on to that. Your calling that you, that problem you're trying to solve, that calling, that inner discontent that exists within you is somebody else's miracle that they are waiting for, that they are waiting for that solution. They are waiting for that thing to happen. They are waiting for that problem to be solved because they are struggling in their life, whether they know it or not. And the moment that it's made aware, they are able to lean in and be able to turn that key and have the door open and the floodgates open so that they can ultimately realize that win as well. Hmm. Wow. That's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> that's the passion that I experienced in, in Scottsdale. That's, that's awesome. So um, as we, as we start to wrap up here, cause it's, you know, I, there's so much I'd love to follow up on, uh, but obviously we're, we're running out of time. Um, I'm going to fire off a few uh, rapid fire questions, but do you have any other, like another quick case study that comes to mind uh, as far as somebody you've, you've seen success with who you've worked with? Yeah. So, I mean, so many, but like just one right off the bat is uh, one guy who was a diabetic and he was shooting hundred units of insulin a day and continued to uh, from his doc and say, just increase the insulin units and keep, and keep increasing these. He was increasingly gaining weight. He was increasingly getting tired. He was increasingly sleeping poorer. And when we actually came back and started to look at how his body was functioning, nutritional dysfunction was like out of this world. Like it, it, when when I say that, um, I don't know if I've seen more nutrient dysfunctional cells in my life. I don't know if I have ever <laughs> seen cells that D3, B12, um, vitamin C, iron, folate, choline, you name it, down the list, it was either borderline or functionally deficient. And whenever, and, and to kind of think about it this way, think about like you're going to wash a floor with a sponge, but the sponge has been dried out. How effective is that going to be for washing a floor? <laughs> sure, not not really effective. And so that's what you end up, that's what his cells were like. They're just kind of there, just barely alive. Mm. And so no matter what you would eat, you weren't going to absorb the nutrients. No matter how much insulin you shot, you weren't going to feel any better. You were going to continue to have weight gain. You were going to continue to have inflammation. You were going to continue to have fatigue. And that's what we ended up seeing. And so when we started to supplement him the right way, when we were able to get him back on a quality sleep routine, when we were able to get him back on a quality food um, adjustment, when we were able to calm down his gut biome from everything that was going on, he was able to drop 60 pounds. Wow. He was able to completely, he went down from 100 units of insulin a day to 10 units of insulin a month and completely transformed the way that he felt. Um, and if you look at him pre and you look at him post, mm-hmm. you don't recognize the guy. Um, and it's amazing um, just to see the impact of when you mm-hmm. look at what the body needs, you look at what it's asking for, can you provide it for it? Um, what the outcomes are. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so let's let's fire off a few questions, then we'll we'll get out of here. Cool. Um, what's one thing that people misunderstand about you, Justin? 
that I'm an asshole. <laughs> so you, so they think you are and you aren't, or they think you aren't and you are. <laughs> no, <laughs> ask my wife that one. Um, no, um, I think I think to be honest with you, I'm so passionate about what I do. Yeah, um, I am so steadfast and grounded yeah. in um, in my conviction that right. uh, that that I can come across. Um, uh, that kind of, I can come across as a bit of an asshole sometimes. Got it. Understood. No, that's really good. Um, what's one of your biggest kind of failures or setbacks that we haven't talked about? Anything come to mind that you would, you'd like a, maybe a do over or, you know, something I'm sure you've learned from it, but something that others might view as a failure or setback. I, I love this question. And you probably won't like my answer, but I've had I've had so many setbacks and failures in my life, and I would not change any of them for anything, firmly because again I'm so rooted in my faith that I believe that God was preparing me for what I'm what I'm doing now, and if I um, hadn't gone through them, I would not have been equipped, I would not have been ready, um, I would not have been able to withstand what it is that I'm doing now. Um, it was literally preparing me for this journey that I'm going on and everything that I've been through, I had to go through in order to get to be the person that I am today on the yeah. other side of that. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, another another failure or setback, I think, um, would have been, um, I mean, I was addicted to opiates at a certain point in my life. Um, mm. I, I got divorced and being mm. talk about addiction, um, that was me. I think I said, said at the beginning, um, addicted to hockey, addicted to schooling, addicted to yeah. pills, addicted to work. It cost mm -hmm. me my first marriage. Um, mm -hmm. All of these things, I could kind of go down the list mm -hmm. of, uh, of how that works. But all of those things ultimately set me up to um, learn from them, but even mm -hmm. more so from them, become the person that I had to become mm -hmm. in order to um, serve at the level in which we're now serving. I love it. That's great. If you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? I would come to Wealth Without Wall Street and invest No, so definitely I would, in, I would invest uh, uh, a, a good chunk of it, but figure out how to um, get a uh, passive income return monthly that I could uh, set my family up so that they wouldn't have, and when I say my family, I'm talking about my parents, I'm talking about um, uh, Elise's parents, I'm talking about everybody within our direct ecosystem that would um, help them to live the life that they wanted, but then also uh, give back to the church that is uh, that's also set us free in so many different ways. Love it. It's really good. What's one challenge that you're facing in your in your business right now? Uh, I would say, to be honest, marketing. Marketing is something that is um, none of our expertise is. And being able to uh, get a microphone um, or a megaphone to mm -hmm. what it is we do and how we do it, um, yep. it's something that um, is something that uh, that we're is an opportunity that we have right now that we're really trying to solve for. Got it. What is a book that you'd recommend? Ooh. Second chair. Um, hmm. It's a good one. Um, another one, uh, just because he's a great friend and it's an amazing book, is Your Purpose is Calling uh, by Darius Daniels. Um, really, really great. 
Hmm. I don't know if I've, is, I'm not sure if I've heard of that. Cool. I'll check that out. Um, what is one question that I have not asked that you wish I had? That's a, I, I don't know. You, you, you got to everything pretty well. Um, <laughs> is there so anything if, else you want to, you want to cover before we uh, wrap everything up? Two things that I think summarize everything pretty well. Um, number one is when you're talking about business and I know a lot of entrepreneurs, executives, uh, real estate people are in this is yeah. there's, there's certain stages in everybody's business career. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're all looking for a championship or we're all looking for a win. And right. there's 10 things that I say you have to, or 10 ships that you have mm-hmm. to set sail before you win the championship. And those 10 ships are leadership ownership, membership, partnership, relationship, stewardship, battleship, fellowship, craftsmanship, and hardship. They're all ships that you have to board in order to yield what comes in a championship or a win and being willing to pay the price in order to do that and kind of lean into that and experience that. So um, that's number one. And number two is... Everything that I've just spoken about today, I know it can seem overwhelming. It can seem new. It can seem like, mm, I don't necessarily get it. Right. It's accessible to everybody. It's something that you have literally at your fingertips. We can interview your body. We can know exactly what you need. We can give you the data. We can run your body just like your business. We can look at your body's P&L and understand where it's lacking, where it needs attention, and where we need to focus Mm -hmm. for this quarter so that we can ultimately get you to where you want to be and be functioning at a high, high level. It's not something that is behind an ironclad wall that has to exist with your doctor, that has to exist only in pro sports anymore. It's something that is accessible to each and every person and you can lean into it. It can be there for you. It's available. You just have to be willing to step through that door and say, hey, this is the calling that I need to step into um, to put myself in the right place so that I can realize uh, my God-given purpose at a higher level. Yeah, it's awesome. And just for the uh, listeners out there, for full in the interest of full disclosure, I've signed up with Justin and I'm just getting started. I have my first round of test kits haven't even had a, a chance yet to I just got them last night. So I'm gonna do those, start on those and get them back in. And I've I've said yes, I guess is the point. Um, and so because it is, it can be overwhelming. It can also be, you know, I'm so focused on my own business and trying to solve other problems. And and um it's like it's it can it can be viewed as oh that that's a nice that sounds good or or that's something I know I should do. Um but the reality is, I mean, it, it, the the people you're helping, Justin, they're going to be more effective and efficient entrepreneurs, you know, um, family members, whatever you want to say. They're going to be better at everything, uh, you know, every day because their health is is so key and their energy levels. And um, so, yeah, I it's... Say- uh, I, I always say entrepreneurs, high-performing people, you've got hundreds of dreams. You've got hundreds of goals. <laughs> Yeah. The moment you lose your health, you've got one. Yeah. No, that's true. Now, the people say, I, I think uh, Warren Buffett is 93 years old. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, I think most most uh, people would, would uh, rather be 22 than 93 and, and have $70 billion or whatever he has. Um, so, yeah. 
your health and the and your time are are critically important. So, Justin, I know we've gone a little bit long here. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, add value to our listeners, and and I'm excited to uh, get to know you better and and uh, kind of own my own journey here because I know there's I know there's some work to do on my on my part. It's not just uh, spoon fed, but um, so for our listeners out there, where can they find you online? Yeah, so I'm super active on social media, just at Justin Roth. Um, and then if you just go to ownitcoaching.com, you can find all information and contact info there. And at Justin Roth, can you spell that for everyone? At Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N-R-O-E-T-H. Just want to make sure we got the the right, following the right guy. <laughs> if, so. if, he's, if he's trying to sell you Bitcoin or has, a, has the new, the best newest, uh, fund available. That's not me. <laughs> That's not you. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Justin. Really appreciate it. Um, this has been fantastic. And to our listeners out there, we appreciate you. And thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, This book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.